So where do all the lessons at the Lessons Learned Center live? <laughs> where's, the, where's the button? I want to know all the answers to all the problems in the world of wildland fire. How do, where do I get them? Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a Rolodex. A Rolodex? I bet a few of you are going to have to Google what a, what a Rolodex is. Don't do that yet, though, because you're listening now to the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center podcast. The guy who knows where the Rolodex is, well... That's Travis Dotson. He's the analyst at the Wildland Fire Lessons Learning Center. My name is Alex Victora. I am the field operations specialist here at the Wildland Fire Lessons Learning Center in Tucson, Arizona. Back to that Rolodex. Who has the Rolodex? Um, <laughs> I think we we misplaced it. I don't know. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. They're not the the way that this whole thing has been set up everybody's read a report and at the end of the report is the lessons you know so and those lessons (laughs) you have to have the context of that particular event to have the lessons so yeah i don't know i don't know that's that's a hard thing it's ridiculous that we can't say the lessons are here sure and push a button you can't go to our website and and push the lessons button and find them yeah. And even if we could, I don't know, would that, how would that work? Yeah. Like, you, say you're running a crew. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I'm going to find something from the Lessons Learned Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lesson. Mm-hmm. And we're going to implement it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. Well, for certain things, it works well, right? I mean, if I want to. If I want to figure out the right way to tune a, a, a steel chainsaw, for example, there's there's tools and tips and protocols out there, and I can say <clears throat> that you know the if I put a tack on the saw that it should it should not run more than you know thirteen thousand five hundred rpm or fourteen thousand whatever the number is, and that that fifteen thousand would be bad. So there's a right and a wrong answer there, right? Yeah, that is what we call a clock. Sure. Oh, let's talk about clocks and clouds. (laughs) Yeah, lay it down. What is that? Uh, It's a it's a view of the world put forth by a famous old dead guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, This guy's name happens to be Karl Popper, and he was a philosopher. And uh, anyway, he talked about the clocks and clouds that the world can be divided into clocks and clouds, a clock being easily broken down. Like you can literally envision a picture of a clock and all its pieces, right? There's a little gear and there's a spring and there, you know, and you can diagram it all out, um, which is perfect because if one of those springs fails or a, or a gear has a rounded tooth or something like that and, and the clock's not working right, you can break it down, find the, the broken piece, replace it, and, you know, it's back functioning. Just Voila. Like chainsaw. Right. Chainsaw's a clock. Mm-hmm. Um, if something, if it's not operating properly, you can take it apart and, and find out why. Right. Clouds, on the other hand, trying to, dis- <laughs> trying to articulate why a cloud formed. It's like, well, there's a, there was this moisture coming in and the sun was at this level and there was a mountain range here and a body of water that influenced it. And the only way you can actually describe the formation of a cloud is by describing the conditions that created it, right? You can say there's a mountain here, a body of water here, 
some sun rays here, but you can't actually say, you can't even recreate it. You can't, um, you can't say exactly the thing that, uh, that made the cloud that created the lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at the world as either clocks or clouds, most incidents or accidents that we review are, are clouds. They're not mm-hmm. clocks. Yeah, but there's a there's there's elements of clocks out there, right? Or For sure, you... clocks exist. You know, I mean, if if there was some sort of mechanical failure, or um, you know, the the drive shaft snapped <laughs> while you're driving, sure, right? That's a clock in terms of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now, w- what happened after that, and how an emergency response was carried out? That's mm-hmm. a cloud. Man, you, mm-hmm. there's so many. I like to say if there's a human involved, there's a cloud involved. Right. Yeah. Um, even if most of it's a clock. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's what makes it difficult. The lessons are, are so based on context, um, and, and they're not always concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're not, it's not always the tack and the tuning screwdriver and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So what do we do with that? If I'm a crew boss out there in the field, what what do I? What the heck, man? Uh, we we need to work harder here at the Lessons Learned Center to to find those things, or what? What? Where does that leave us? I don't know. We we struggle to even define what a lesson is. What is a lesson? I mean, we, we get reports that say, um, you know, what I don't know. What's your favorite? Yeah, um, <laughs> example of a lesson that is isn't really uh, an actionable item. I don't know. There's plenty of them. Um, Maintain your situational awareness. Yeah. That's, well, uh, let's start there. <laughs> what are we actually saying when we even say that? You know, that there's an implication that you either are aware situationally, or you're aware of your situation, or you're not. It's a binary thing. It's either that's on your, or off. Your awareness is a clock. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But we still see it in reports, and we see things like that all the time. We see, you know, uh, expect the unexpected. That's mm-hmm. another of my favorites. Um, yeah. And it's listed under lessons, or, mm-hmm. or worse yet, lessons learned. Mm-hmm. As though it's come and gone, it's yeah. done. Yeah. And because they wrote it down and put it on the Internet, and somebody else read it, it's now going to be enacted faithfully by everybody. Sure. But there's other things where it's like, no, we can distill it down to something really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, something we see all the time is practice emergency situations. Right. Anybody that's ever been in an emergency situation says, oh, you need to practice this. They either say, I wish I would have practiced it more or I'm really glad that I practiced it. Right. Because then I, then I did it. Yeah. That's what's pretty it, actionable. Yeah. What's the example you think of when you think of practicing? practicing an emergency situation oh every instance that we get where where people say it was so crazy because we had just done our emergency training Mm -hmm. the week before Mm -hmm. and we we practiced all this and it didn't go exactly the same but i wasn't as nervous or um Mm -hmm. or the opposite end of that where somebody says i didn't know where the the emergency protocol was in my IRPG and I was flipping through it trying to find it whereas the people that practiced it knew that it was yeah right at the end of the IRPG boom open up the back cover and there you go there's your there's your nine line your medical incident report but I don't know how to how to you know there's a lesson Mm -hmm. know what page in your IRPG the (laughs) medical incident report is on that's Mm -hmm. pretty concrete 
Right. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's enacted. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's going to be the the solution to the medical problem. It's one solution in uh, in a whole suite of you know problems you're going to deal with if you have. Plus, a, you that have a lesson is is buried on page thirty eight of how many different reports. Right. It's not like you can just go to the you know and without context, it's almost meaningless. Right. I can go to second year firefighter and tell them that, mm-hmm. and they can just look at me and say, whatever random old dude <laughs> right <laughs> not even old <laughs> just just random <laughs> completely random yeah yeah so what 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 then is the message here about about clouds is there one i mean what uh what are we trying to say here uh the world is complex and complexity is complex i mean <laughs> You know, I, I, I swim around in that and I don't know what the heck to do Cause, with Because that's that. helpful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, these things are complex. Okay, good deal. I still have to go to work tomorrow morning. Yeah. You know, I've got to go to work out there on Division Delta and we're going to go take whatever action we're going to take on this fire. Maybe it's protecting structures. Maybe it's burning out. Maybe it's monitoring and point protection type, type stuff. But I'm going to walk out there in the woods with one or 50 or, you know, a thousand people. Uh, and we're going to go to work. So, you know, where does that leave us? What do we do with all that? I don't know. And, you know, the, I was thinking about traditionally how, how, how have we done that? There's always, maybe there's not always, but oftentimes there's somebody that has done something similar to it before there's a a resident expert (laughs) and so they're the they're the lessons learned center on that division you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there's always um or uh, maybe i just hope for somebody that's like oh man they're dialed on structure protection Mm -hmm. and we kind of just you know defer Uh oh <laughs> oh, using some HRO words, deference to expertise. Uh, oh man, it's on tape too. Travis, <laughs> Travis Dotson. Okay, time out. HRO. Travis just used the three letters HRO and kind of chuckled about it. That's a long story, but in the meantime, what is an HRO? Let's figure it out. Okay, Google, what is an HRO? health reimbursement arrangement okay do that google search yourself google hro what you'll find is an hro is a high reliability organization or a highly reliable organization you might find both and hros do a few things among them is deference to expertise hros find sources of expertise find the experts they're out there all right, yeah, back to Travis. We are actually fairly good about deferring to the person that either has the the best skill set, and that's what we should be, right? We should be some, you know, that ideally, I'd I'd like I'd like to think that somebody could say, hey, we don't we don't have we need some lessons, you know, and they're thinking that way instead of just making it up. Hey, I bet you there's somebody that's done this before, and maybe there's some some material out there that we could use. Right. And it seems to me that if we're going to get to that place where you recognize that you're not um, the expert or you're out of your, you know, uh, you're out of your realm, um, uh, you're out of your area of expertise, whatever, 
there seems to me there's a couple things that are required. One is the humility to accept that and to recognize that, hey, I, I don't actually have all the answers here. And two is the ability and the willingness to reach out to somebody else, um, you know, who might be levels under you. As a division supervisor, there might be a crew boss or heck, even a squad leader out there who's, you know, gotten, you know, a perspective. Uh, and, uh, yeah, how do, how do you do that? How do you be hum- humble and how do you, <laughs> how do you, re- you know, how do you find that the source of the source of the lesson or the uh, expertise? <laughs> Uh, the the humility part i would argue that the 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 younger generation has is way better at that that's what google is <laughs> i don't know google it yeah I mean, yeah that's a form right that's a form of humility that's a form of you know a lot of people will say oh no that's that makes people not be able to re- remember phone numbers and you know and it dulls your senses or all that stuff but it is a form of admitting that you don't know sure um, or yeah. laziness maybe that's what people call it oh yeah, yeah that's that's laziness but, right yeah kids these days yeah yeah um but but then also having the expectation that the answer is out there mm-hmm. uh, let's not reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. um and and that approach in in what you're describing is is helpful believing that the answer is out there and putting forth the effort to to find it mm-hmm. or maybe not the adem- advan the answer but maybe some advice <laughs> right yeah um, so yeah again a lot of a lot of theory mm-hmm. yeah um, and i don't know what the ideal process is for something bad happens something that we just believe there is lessons and then and then boiling that down all the way somebody does a whole bunch of things either writes a report or makes a video or something and eventually then here here we are on the podcast and we say okay this thing happened here's the lesson you know can you can you think of an instance where we could do that i'm sure i'm sure they exist (laughs) yeah you know, roll your sleeves down. That makes sense, but how come we can't do it? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so that was the first part of this discussion, lessons. And there's a lot going on there, obviously. Clocks and clouds, those were kind of cool concepts. Some of that HRO stuff you might find is pretty cool too. Google it. Now, for the second part of this, this conversation, what we want to do is uh, talk about data. This, this thing that we talk about, which is data. Um, let's talk about data here, because that's the other part of the, the data lessons kind of conversation. Sure. You know, like, like reporting, if, if it's the same lesson over and over again, or um, what's, what's the benefit in, in reporting it? Um, and from, from my chair, the, the data sometimes is what leads to a, a revelation of some sorts. Like, I was astounded when I started looking into it how often we roll water tenders it was just never something that i paid attention to because i'm not a water tender operator i've never you know i've seen them a lot but it was just never something that was in my it just didn't it didn't matter to me right water tenders really didn't matter to me for Mm -hmm. the most part operationally Mm -hmm. just because they were there or they weren't right and and when i started looking in in my job as an as an analyst 
and I started um, just counting up stuff because somebody asked about rollovers and I saw how often <laughs> water tenders roll over and how often they end up in fatalities and then being out as a task force leader or a division supervisor and and having a water tender assigned to my division that I'm responsible for and having that knowledge of how often we we tip them over mm-hmm. holy crap that was it I all of a sudden operated differently just because I knew that and the only reason I knew that is because somebody had counted it counted them all up right Um, there was data not necessarily one specific lesson that said hey think about tenders yeah so there wasn't you know it's if one report got in my hands and it said hey this water tender tipped over on a you know windy dirt road and they had some lessons in there i'd seen those reports and it didn't mean anything to me but all of a sudden when i saw how when i saw the numbers um for some reason that changed things for me Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm in a unique position because of of this but sometimes when you put that graph up there in a classroom then then sometimes people go oh they connect it the numbers for some reason connect it to their day-to-day operations right um, so the data isn't a lesson in itself, but it can sometimes be used to um, to trigger a change in behavior, sure, um, or to reinforce a lesson, right? Um, you know about, don't, <laughs> right? I don't know. Maybe I don't, who knows what the lesson is about about that? Don't I don't send tenders down steep grades loaded, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I I have them scout ahead of time. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff, sure. The one that I think of when I think of data and or, you know, establishing that something is a real issue is this notion or this thing we call can't talk to medevac, uh, which is something we uh, we see and are continuing to see. And there's a number of reasons it would be nice to it would be nice if that was a clock and we had one specific reason why we can't get these, um, uh, you know, non-contracted uh, life flight type helicopters uh up on the radio. There's a lot of reasons why that's the case. Um, a couple of years ago, I was at a helibase, and I remember having a conversation with somebody who said, well, that, that's not an issue. That's not really an issue. And it's like, well, actually it is. It happens over and over and over and over again. And the lesson then becomes, you know, something that unfortunately is not operationally actionable. It needs to be pre-operationally engaged. Hey, you know, as, a, as an incident emerges or even before there is the, uh, an, an incident uh, on a unit, those conversations need to take place with the potential medevac providers. Here's where our radios can and can't go. Our operators, our pilots can and cannot, can or cannot reprogram in flight, etc. Here's our frequencies. We get together, we say, okay, we'll meet you there. We'll come to you or you come to us or whatever. And there's little glimmers of hope <laughs> out there that we can fix that issue. Driven by data. Right, exactly. And driven by this repeated, yeah. <clears throat> You know, repeatedly we see that. Because um, how many times have we said, just like you're saying, people saying, no, that's not a problem. Right. Or that shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, it shouldn't, but it is. Right, exactly. Because um, we have this many instances of <laughs> of somebody with, you know, proverbial blood on their hands or actual blood on their hands, key in the mic, and not getting anything back. Right. And I would argue that there is an operational lesson there, which is, 
have a backup mm. plan on, mm-hmm. you know, why not plan on not being able to talk to them? Right. You know, it'd be nice yeah. if your primary works, but what's your alternate and your contingency and, right. you know, your emergent, all of that stuff. And some people in some of those reports uh, said, if you, if, if, if you have life flight coming and you don't have air attack, order air attack too. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Uh, just for that. Right. Just to be so that they can talk to them on Victor. Right. Exactly. And that's, yeah, there's that lesson is for sure out there that we might not be able to get them on the FM, you know, air to ground type frequency, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Wow. Air to air. Uh, and then there's some awkward relays and stuff, but it's better than nothing. So, and lots of reports point to that, that th- those lessons or that data uh, and contribute to that data that we're talking about. So, so we talk about lessons, we talk about data, what, you know, <laughs> kind of ironically, what, What's the lesson here? How do, <laughs> how do we sum this up? Can oh, well, we? The, the easy thing would be like, that, and that's why it's important to report things. You mm-hmm. know, um, I guess, you know, contributing to a greater good further down the road that you might not ignite. It's, sometimes it's not the lesson. That's not the light bulb thing. It's actually just the, the one in the column. <laughs> yeah. You know, just saying, hey, this happened. Right. Um, ATV loading. Mm. You know, it might not seem like that big of a deal, but how how often is it? It, it does it result in some sort of super bad deal, right? Or even a close call? Sure. Yep. Um, and and that awareness again mm-hmm. um, of especially things that seem innocuous or seem kind of routine routine Mm -hmm. yeah exactly right um how often that isn't the case right yeah so so that's message one is report um it might not be the lesson it might be the contribution to the data set that can be really really valuable what else anything else what's the message to you know to to folks out there with regard to consuming this stuff and reading reports and looking at videos and listen to listen to, to us yammer on here um what what kind of ownership or onus do we put on folks out there in the field to engage with this stuff what's the anything there well i guess the relevance is is a two-way street we have a res- responsibility to be producing relevant stuff but part of how how that comes across how how we're able to do that is either through feedback or or um, interaction. You know what I mean? People telling us, "Hey, <laughs> that podcast was worthless," um, and here's here's what would be worthwhile. Um, you know, feedback, two way street, make make our stuff relevant, right? Or help us make it relevant to what it is that folks need out there. Well, with that last comment, thanks a bunch, Travis. Great stuff there. And as far as relevancy goes, help us make these things relevant. We want to hear from you. If you're listening to this podcast, leave us a comment in any of the platforms uh, where it's available. We're in iTunes now. If you're an iTunes user, find the Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center podcast in iTunes. Just do a search for Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center in the iTunes store. Find us on Podbean, the Podbean app, which you can download to your phone Check us out, Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center and the Podbean app. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at wildfirelessons.net. And we're in YouTube as well. Just do a search for Wildland Fire Lessons Learned Center in the YouTube platform and check us out there as well. 
Until next time, this has been Alex Victoria and Travis Dotson from the Wildland Fire Lessons Learn Center in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. Check us out next time. And thanks a ton for your time. I've said it like a few times now. Mike stand is, I can't be kicking it. It's just don't kick the mic stand. It just, it's don't do it, okay? Not cool.